Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right now, and it's game week, and that's exciting. Ira and Corey from Warchant.com, of course, are here. I'm Jeff. You guys know that. ESPN Radio. Registers Meat Company, Inc., Ira. They're the ones sponsoring this hour. And uh, as one listener noted, we're just slinging sausages. <laughs> that's what we do, that's man. That's what we do, the sausage slingers. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and we got a big brand, got a big branding announcement. From Registers Meat Company, former formerly known as Registers Meat, we're going to go by Registers Sausage. We're going to eliminate the confusion. Okay. They've done so. They've done some other meat products in the past, but right now, and they might in the future. But right now, we're focused on the sausage. It's football season. Tailgating coming up this week. I know FSU is not tailgating officially, but people right. are going to be people are going to be tailgating somewhere in their house illegally down the street. Sure. And, uh, so anyway, uh, definitely recommend get some registers uh, sausage before you go tailgate. Uh, as I talked about last week, to get the jalapeno cheddar, which actually is known as the Fire Station Dalmatian. Oh, mm, okay. Little, uh, Better name. There, you go. there you go. And then you got the regular pork sausage, smoked pork sausage, which is very tasty. They also have the hot, hot, hot pork sausage. And since it's a 3.30 game, if you start the tailgate early, you do a little breakfast and lunch or a brunch. The um, the baby links, which is the kind of their breakfast sausage. Uh, Kim and I had some of that the other day, and it is fantastic. So, uh, registers pork. So, Corey, you can interrupt me. Would you? What were you gonna say? I was. I, I was gonna say. I, I actually have a. I have something to add to this. I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize that I've had registers sausage before. Stephanie, last time I was in Tallahassee, which I don't know was seven months ago. Who knows? But uh, she went. She had heard about it. She had heard like she had friends that told her how good it was, and this is for real. So she went to Publix, bought some, cooked it for me. 
We didn't have hot dog buns, though, so I had to eat it on a hamburger bun. She cut it in half and put it on a hamburger bun. It was still really good, but I didn't realize that was registered sausage that I was eating. And then when she went back to get more, it was sold out at Publix. Because you know what? That's when you need to send her on a little shopping. She needs to check other places. She needs well, to expand her horizons, Corey. Trust me, man. There's been a lot of conversations about what she doesn't do. <laughs> let, me, let, let, me, let me say this. Uh, this the sold-out part will be the norm now that they're sponsoring this show. So, yeah. I mean, you know, forget about it. We're about to make them a lot of money. Whatever deal you guys signed at Register Sausage, be happy. We're upping it by five times that amount next year at this time with all the money we're going to make them. Uh, this is the probably the most popular show in Florida State Sports Talk history. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's an overstatement. I don't that's think not hyperbole at all. I don't, I don't think it's close. So they really could not. And we're happy to have joined with them. Of course, I'm not trying to say it's one sided, but they got to be elated for the uh, the amount of uh, sausages they're selling now that they're hooked up with some of the headlines. No doubt, and you can buy it throughout the southeast, or you can go online to their website at registersmeats.com, uh, and then also follow them on Twitter at registersmeats. I think they're going to change all this to register sausage, though. We're going to have okay. a big rebranding camp- campaign. So uh, anyway, thanks to Ben the Sausage Guy. Glad to have them on board. And it's game week. Here we go, guys. We didn't think we'd get here. We really didn't. I think most of us agreed. We could look into each other's eyes, even in this Zoom call, and we knew. They don't believe we're playing football. I don't believe we're playing football. We're just biding time, hoping like hell that all this talk means something. And now it does. And it does look like they're going to play football. I think today's don't, critical. Don't jinx it. Don't I jinx know, it. I know. I'm holding my breath because we did, it, we did just come out of Labor Day where apparently kids were, as kids are, incredibly selfish and stupid. And so, you know, now, now I'm just holding my breath. We get through this week. I don't know that we'll let our guard down until they actually kick the football off. But I feel like we're going to have football Saturday at 3.30. I think we're going to finally have something other than maybe hyperbole or hearsay uh, or third or fourth person conversations about what this team is or is not. We'll get actual evidence to some degree Saturday. What are you most looking forward to beyond just the wide-ranging topic of football? You know, I uh, I want to see what the defense looks like, man. Uh, obviously, you're going to see it. You'll see what the offense looks like, too, and special teams, and what Norvell, what kind of polo he's going to wear on the sidelines. All that stuff is stuff you want to you care about. Um, defense is a very – it's a very vague answer, but – or a broad answer. But, uh, you know, last year, we could talk about the O-line. We know the O-line's still not going to be great. It might be serviceable. That's what we're hoping for. The defense has a chance to be good, and I want to see on the in the first game what it looks like. Will it look like? Um, and this maybe isn't the best example because there's a lot of great examples in Florida State history. But remember the 2017 defense in the Georgia Dome or Mercedes Benz, whatever it was, well, against yeah. Alabama. Yeah. That was a national championship caliber effort from that defense. It was really good, and they flew around. They hit the ball. They hit everything. They flew to the ball. I wanted to see if we can – we haven't seen it since. Literally, I don't know that we've seen an effort like that since, and it's been three years now. I want to see an effort like that. I I, I know they're going to be better coached, but are they going to have more of a, a Florida State mindset? Hey, man. That's what the, I want to see. The first three drives of that 2018 Clemson game, they brought it on defense. They oh, yeah, that's brought true. it. For, it was, until, until Asante it was, roughed the kicker. It was, that's right. It was, yeah. It was a good three or four drives there. What they do on like the last nine drives? <laughs> he, 
you know, went sideways. That can happen sometimes. Yeah. Well, sometimes things, they pile up on you. It snowballs a little bit. Really wasn't yeah. indicative, Corey. Well, uh, I've said this before. I think if those two teams play 10 times, <laughs> 18 FSU and 18, I think it's five and five. I think that just yeah. things went wrong. Things went poorly right away for Florida State. On that particular day. Yeah. I think Clemson knows that. Yeah. Yeah. They got lucky. They got lucky I to think, even be I in the playoffs. There's no doubt Dabo went in the locker room afterwards. They said, guys. We feel fortunate today we got that result. <laughs> we we survived. What, this was a coin flip coming in, guys, and it would be tomorrow too. Yeah. <laughs> if we play 10 times, they might score 10 points in the first three quarters. <laughs> yeah, it's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so I am really, really excited about this game because I am really, really excited about the defense. And, Corey, you brought up, Myra, we talked about it yesterday, and really that's been the talk of camp. Now, defense is always ahead of offense this time of year. But we legitimately think they've got some dudes on this defense, and we know they have a full allotment of coaches. So there we go. We've got some things going for us on that side of the football. And I am curious. You know, I wanted to see that depth chart that came out since we last talked. We all did for obvious reasons. But I, in particular, wanted to see what they were going to do with the free safety position. Uh, You know, it made a lot of sense to me that Jaden Lars would be would be over there at the buck. That makes sense. You don't want him out in space covering people at 220-something pounds. Uh, but I wanted to see who they'd put at free safety, and so it was kind of surprising to see Renato Green get that job. Travis Jays is backup. I think those guys are going to be uh, pretty much 50-50 in terms of the playing time goes. Travis Jays the backup everywhere, uh, it, it would appear. They're going to utilize him at both spots. But that was one spot I wanted to see. I wanted to see how the corner depth shook out. So you end up with a transfer starting uh, ahead of Akeem Dent. That's kind of interesting, obviously. We knew Asante Samuel was going to lock it down on the other side. Uh, but I really was curious. They've just got a lot of options, and a lot of years they haven't had that. They're very deep on the defensive line. They're not deep at linebacker, but I think they're better, and I know they're better coach because Coach Marv is really one of the standouts of this staff. They, there's legitimate reason to be excited to see the defense Saturday. Well, and Travis Jay might start. I mean, I don't think, you know, I think he may start at either one of those positions. It wouldn't shock me. I think he's going to be on the field a lot, to your point. Um, you know, the thing to me, the biggest thing I want to see, and and I don't know if we'll see it in week one, um, but, you know, just going back and watching those Memphis teams towards the end of Mike Norvell's run there, and, and you know, I've heard it talking to other people, uh, talking to hearing Jeff Collins talk about him uh, at Georgia Tech uh, from when he was in the AAC watching Memphis play. Um, hearing Jordan Wilson, the tight end, talk about it when he played at UCLA against them. And you just see it when you watch them on film. It's just how hard they play. And it's been a lot. It's been a while since we've seen that kind of commitment, that kind of hard hitting, just selling each other, selling themselves out physically, all playing that hard. And let the results be what the results are going to be. Maybe you're not good enough on the offensive line. Maybe you're not good enough at quarterback right now. We'll see. Um, but just play hard and play together and then also take coaching. I think that's – my sideline watching is going to be on peak um, yeah. on Woo! Saturday. Here we First, go. <laughs> actually getting to see coaches coach on the sideline during the game. Here's a crazy thought. This is uh, this is wild. You guys, I'm glad you guys are sitting down. If anybody's right. listening, pull over to the side of the road. What if they make adjustments on the sideline during the game and have those adjustments be implemented by the players during the game so that maybe it changes the course of what's happening? Let's slow down, Ira. I mean, let's slow down. I don't know that we need to get uh, this in 2050. It's still 2020. You're trying to revolutionize the sport right here. So, Corey, I think what he's getting at is this this 
this thought. He's positing that perhaps if something's not going well or doesn't appear to be a good matchup for you, yeah. change up what you're doing a little bit and see okay, if something I, else works. Well, I, I, see, I see what he's saying. I just don't – how how does anybody implement something like that in the middle of a football game? <laughs> you go back on Monday morning, you get back to the office, and you get to the drawing board. You don't fair do enough. that in the middle of a game. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. You just got to keep beating your head against that wall because that's the – them's the breaks. Hey, sometimes hey. the wall crack. Sometimes the wall crack. Usually it's your skull, but sometimes the wall crack. Seminal Headlines on 97.9 Spin Radio continues in a moment. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So in addition to adjustments, in-game adjustments that Ira just referenced in the last segment. Revolutionary. Yeah. What else are you excited to see, uh, Corey? What, What are you excited to see on this offense? What about this offense has you pumped? Uh, Warren Thompson, weirdly, because I, you know, what we, we probably say three weeks ago, I'm not sure I'd ever see him in a garnet uniform. Um, I think him opposite Terry, I want to see what that looks like. Um, that's it. That's what I want to see. I want to see, I think that guy, we both know what that guy could be. And if he can figure it out, let's explore the subject here. I think that's the, probably the most stunning result. It's not that a redshirt freshman starting at center it's, you know, it's not a couple of other things that stood out about the depth chart. It's that that guy's starting, and a couple of weeks ago he wasn't on the team for all intents and purposes. And, frankly, I was hard on him. I don't really regret that at all. Uh, I thought what he did was asinine. I think his players thought that, his, his teammates thought that too, and set him straight. But he's come all the way from that moment to this moment where he's going to get a start. I also root for kids, even after they screw up. I want to see him do well. I want to see him have the light bulb come on, have it click and work out. Do we believe that Saturday is going to be the beginning of something special for him? Because he's still got to go out there and deal with the things that happen in competition. Sometimes it doesn't go well for you. Sometimes you drop a ball that you should have caught. Sometimes a guy makes a play. Sometimes you're out of position, whatever that is. And he's been a bit of a hothead. His emotions have always run hot. Can he handle the responsibility that's been given to him now? And what must have had to happen in practice leading up to this point where he could become a starter after what I just described? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, Go I, ahead, I, mean I, I just, you know, you just wonder how much of it is just being tantalized by what he is physically. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he could have solved or answered every question they've got about him in terms of how he's going to handle that moment. Because, and that's a, that's a, I think that's going to be a big focus of this game is how he and some other players, they've got some other young players. Uh, Dante Lucas is a guy that, that let his emotions get the best of him in the past. Um, so, how those guys have matured through what they do in practice, the pressure they put that, Mike Norvell talked about it yesterday, the pressure they put on them in practice to try to, weed out as much of that as they can before they get in a game and harness it in the right way. So that's going to be a big question. But I think if it was, if it was, uh, you know, a, a 60, 40 call or 70, 30 call, the fact that that guy is so just dynamic, his, his length, his athleticism, his ball skills, um, that probably breaks the tie. Um, so that's why they give him a chance. But I think it's something they're going to have to keep watching. Kind of like Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, you guys, we not, we didn't, I remember telling Corey during I think it was during the Florida game when he was just mossing Florida's DBs in that game that like you still have to wonder what he's going to be in the NFL. Like, is he going to revert back to the guy he was before or is he going to is this the new Kelvin Benjamin and can it sustain for years? 
it, it kind of hasn't, um, at least at the NFL level. And so that, yeah, and so I think that question is always going to be in the back of a lot of people's minds. Even if they're willing, guys on the team are willing to give him an, another chance, I think that's good. They're always going to be kind of watching him, I think. Hey, Corey, Corey, I want you to answer this, though, because, you know, one of the things that they did with Kelvin Benjamin to that point, and I thought Jameis was great about this. You ever notice early on, I, they didn't care if he was triple covered. Jameis got yeah. him the ball early in games yeah. to get him into the game. You think they do that with Warren? Uh, not necessarily. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think. I don't think Norvell really operates like that. Like, okay, let's get the guy that called me a liar. Let's make sure he's happy here in the first possession of the. <laughs> I, I don't think that's that's in his tr- uh, train of thought. I do think. Um, I just trust that this coaching staff is going to find a way. Number one, they're going to be shifting all their coverage to five anyway. Not 15 anymore, folks. I want to give you a heads up. When you're watching on Saturday, Tamori and Terry Terry is now number five. I don't know why you changed your number after two years of doing what it doesn't make sense to me, but that's fine. Do what you got to do. Has there ever been a good player in Florida State history that's done that for their last year? Can you remember offhand? No, I don't think that – well – Sam uh, Cowart did Sam Cowart like turn to number one his last year or something? He might have. You're better at the numbers thing. I may be able to go down memory lane with you back to the early '90s and late '80s, like we do on this show sometimes. But I never remember people's numbers unless it's like Dion or somebody like. Yeah, that. but Tamar and Terry, you could have remembered that forever. He'd have just been 15 for three years right, and put up right. 30 touchdowns. But that's now he's five. Um, and he'll never be the best five in Florida State history. He had a chance at 15. Ira, you hear what I'm saying? He had a chance to be the best 15 in Florida State history. Better I'm than. Trying- Reagan's. I'm trying to think of anything I less care about than what you've talked about for the last 90 seconds. I don't. I'm not, I, don't want, I don't even want to respond. I don't even want to respond to that. <laughs> I, I, Ira, I will venture a guess that you don't care when we get into uniform talk either. No, do not at all. Hey, I could give you a recap of the last Game of Thrones season. But, but here, here's what I'll tell you. You're wrong on both accounts, Ira. These are important subjects. Anyhow, Corey, continue. So uh, so they're going to be shifting their coverage to, to Mario and Terry anyway. Warren Thompson should have a bunch of one-on-one matchups, right? Let's see what that dude is um, on Saturday. I, I Just overall, I mean, I, I, how many colleges in the country, now that all the guys at LSU have left or opted out, have two dudes with that kind of skill set that are that size? I mean, that... Florida State really is blessed there. They have, I think, one of the best receivers in the country. And then they have this guy that is almost his equal physically, has not done anything in games, but is almost and that's a big that's a big deal. But that's is almost game. his equal it's almost his equal physically that James Blackman has to throw to. On top of having Cameron McDonald in the middle, who's also a similar size, he's got some nice security blankets in 6'3, 200 or 6'4, 220 all over the field. That's a nice those are nice targets to have if they you're not gotta, a great quarterback. They just got to be able to block. And he's don't you think be, they will? Don't you think? Well, you know, Tamaria can block when he's when he's into it. Yeah, He'll just block like guys in the sideline. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Being able to distribute the ball to those players is wonderful, but the being able to do so part it, it comes with two uh, question marks: a) will the line block long enough for that to happen, and b) can he throw it accurately to them? So we we have some things with with James that we don't know, and we do know the. You have a little part. more margin for error though in both, right? Like if you have two guys that can just go down the field. Field and are big bodies. You can just throw it up to them. Tamarian will run under I, it. I like to talk. I like to talk about catch radius, guys. Yeah, they both have no. some nice catch. Yeah, radius. They, they do have great catch radius. So you have, and so also, yeah, you don't have to be perfect when you're throwing to those two guys. You hope. 
but you can't be as wayward as you were, say, throwing to a wide open Tamori Terry running down the field against Virginia. I don't understand why you keep bringing up old stuff. Well, it's you a new saying, season, hey, Jeff. You just got done mentioning that it's easy that when you get a guy wide open running down the field, you can just kind of throw it up to him. And I was no, to- I, I just said the margin for error as far as blocking. I was going to interrupt you and say, no, that's not true, Corey. You actually have to throw it. Yeah, to sometimes you have to get it where they can actually make the catch <laughs> you have to get, it to get in that catch radius. Guys, listen, this is all about personal growth and development. And what we saw in the past may not be what we see in the future. Take Corey Clark right here, who is not putting his bottle cap back on his Coke. Well, but He's, he did open it and close it once, but I think he, he muted himself when he did I it, did. which is also growth. Yeah. And that, and then this last time, he just put it back on the table like an adult. Didn't need to put the, the, uh, the cap back. So hear my that? point is... Yeah, that's not annoying at all. Uh, okay, you know, but Ira, Ira, since you hit the check boxes there, or the check marks in the boxes, I should say, uh, for Corey's growth, you know what the next step is? Not drinking a soda first thing in the morning. Hey, oh, hey, hey. My no, caffeine, and here, man. My and caffeine. Payback, and here's a little payback for you. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I broached it. I said it because I knew Ira likes to drink a soda in the morning, too. So <laughs> yeah, what'd you drink? What'd you drink? Some herbal tea from you India? Know, I had a black cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yes. quit, that's not good for you either. It is now, it's better for you than soda. Yeah. But, but Coffee's it's, actually good for you, Corey. You're wrong. No Caffeine's good for you in, in, as a whole. You can talk to a dog oh, as a whole. If you have a cup of coffee in the morning, you're fine. What you're doing is criminal. We should outlaw it. <laughs> I don't like you. I don't like you at all. It tastes too good to be wrong. <laughs> it tastes right. so good. We'll break. We'll break on that note about what we drink in the morning. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we. First thing you should we should all do is drink a big glass of water when we wake up. Please tell me you do that first. Hey, hey, what, what do we got? Oh, over here? there it is. There that, it is. That's not vodka. That's not gin. <laughs> I ain't got time for water. We have a bigger problem on our hands. There we go. Nicely done. Seminal headlines. Ninety-seven nine. ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal headlines presented by Capital City Bank returns now on ninety-seven nine ESPN Radio. All right, so I do think that one of the exciting elements of this offense, if, if again, with all of the caveats that we just talked about last segment, is the fact that they're gonna they're gonna look for mismatches by moving guys all over the field. They're not gonna just line up where we're accustomed to seeing Tamori and Terry. He'll be in the slot. He might be in the backfield. He'll move from right to left. They're gonna use motion. When you watch the Memphis offenses. They can attack in a lot of different ways. I went back and watched some games where they were outclassed on their offensive line against the defensive line. How did they operate? How did they call plays away from that weakness? This is a group that's at least going to attempt to mitigate those areas of concern, unlike last year, unlike the year before, unlike the year before. So I think we at least got guys efforting uh, to offset uh, the problem up front. And then defensively, I think we're going to be an attacking style of defense with a lot of good players. So that's a lot of fun. This matchup, by the way, in Georgia Tech, I said it before, I'll say it again here, is a great matchup for the first game of the year. They do not have good football players at Georgia Tech. So let's just start with that. It's helpful that you're playing a team that doesn't have very good football players yet. What Jeff Collins has had to do is basically revamp, thanks to both of your favorite coach, Paul Johnson's efforts. Uh, he's yeah. had to try to revamp an entire roster. This is a four and five year plan for him. You go from an offensive line last year that averaged 262 pounds because of what they were asked to do in the previous season to now trying to revamp that. Well, they only got one transfer in from Tennessee. He's a different looking guy, played in the SEC for 19 games. He'll be a difference maker. Everybody else is basically back. 
I, I just don't see it. They If they start somebody other than the quarterback they did a year ago, and he was terrible, so let's hope they start him. He threw for 45% completion percentage. They may start Jeff Sims. Who knows? I don't know. Let's see how many good players Georgia Tech has. They've got one at running back. They've got a few in their secondary. Other than that, this is a great matchup for Florida State to win the day. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that even whether it's the kid that started last year, Graham, or any of the other three guys, none of them had played before. Right. It's a, two, a redshirt freshman and two true freshmen. Right. And going against this defense with their offensive line, you would not think that's a good situation for them. Um, one thing I'm eager to not eager to not see this year, we're not going to see Trayshawn Harrison take a bubble screen for a loss of 70 yards this year. Like, not one time. It's what? remarkable what he must have had nine catches last year that were that lost yardage. And that's not which had to be a, which had to be a record. Uh, it's probably a national record. And I'm not trying to trash that kid, but just like that, we could have taken that that play out at some point. It never like, worked. And literally, he, he I, I'm serious. I think he I think he had eight or nine catches last year that lost yardage. Like receivers never receivers never lose yardage on catches ever. You might get a three yard gain. He literally lost probably 60 yards in catches last year, which I, well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say was an NCAA record. It will never be broken. <laughs> the receivers, receivers in front of him would never block. Yeah. Then he, he cut back the other way and then he, you know, start doing the big, the big U try to get yeah. around the other side and, you know, lose 12 yards. Corey, did that take the place of the, uh, the little screen that we used to run that you love so much back in the day? Or uh, what was the, tunnel, the tunnel screen? The tunnel, the tunnel screen that never either got batted down, almost intercepted, or was thrown at the feet. Yeah. <laughs> it worked one time. It worked against Clemson up there in 13. Rashad took it into the house like the first drive of the third quarter. That's the only time it ever worked in the Jimbo era. But uh, it still was more productive than the screen to Trayshawn Harrison. <laughs> Yeah, every time they called that last year, I would sigh because I'd see the formation and I'd go, here we go, here we go. I just get up. Yeah. Unfortunately, the defenses did too. Um, You think Trayshawn was ever like, I can run other routes. I promise. (laughs) Put me in the seam. I can make guys miss downfield. Anything else, guys. Because these two lazy bastards are going to be killed. Yeah, make make a walk-on run this play. (laughs) This is how excited I am about this season. We're bringing not not just like a, a casual or token effort. We're bringing straight to the limo back, like oh, it's it's coming back. Like uh, let's hold off on that now. Hey, right? I'm just they got to earn it. I don't know, man. I, I just I feel like I can do it with full my full heart though this time. Like the last couple of years, you know, they break a play. Tomorrow would have a long pass, and people would like start tweeting it. It's like I don't know, man. My heart's not even in it. Yeah, you didn't feel like that was a straight to the limo uh, ribbon that was earned. You Correct. felt like that was just a guy running a freaking nine route, and they threw it as far <laughs> as they could, and he caught it. <laughs> so yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I, that I, makes I, a return. It's like Jeff Bowden's go route every now and then did get home, but we wouldn't then go, look at Jeff Bowden. All right. Yeah. We just would say, okay, everybody hey, throw it out. I think you need to reserve the limo for, like, a good to great team. We don't know what this team is yet. All right. I mean, he could All go right. straight to the, the Camry. You, you, you go straight to the yeah the, the Dotson oh, yeah Dotson, nice reference They're going all straight to the Subaru. Uh, <laughs> how about my man breaking out the Dotson? Dotson, <laughs> were those? I, I should have known. Ira still. Ira will never leave 1982. <laughs> uh, he is stuck there 
<laughs> in perpetuity. Hey, so I got I got to ask you. I thought you were going to break out the uh, straight to the. What were those little Suzuki Jeeps or whatever those things were? Those tiny Jeeps that had the big wheels that people had for a while in the eighties. You remember them? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I don't I know what, it, which model it was, but yeah, I think that's a Suzuki. I think that's what that was. A samurai. A samurai was the Suzuki Samurai. That's it. There you go. Yeah, straight to the go. Samurai. Break yeah, it out. You can do that. Yeah. I'm supposed to pick up here. Ira, Ira doesn't like the reference to 1982 anymore. I'm just, I'm, I'm, go, I was, I'm debating whether or not I was going to bring up my, uh, my newfound allegiance to the Miami Heat. I'm pulling a Corey Clark with the Hawks. Oh, it's settled down now. I, I, I'm always been a fan of the Hawks. Sometimes I'm a stronger fan than others, but I don't just stop watching. You weren't even a fan of the Heat when they were no, winning championships. I've always hated them. I've always hated yeah, them. I said that's but, a little different than the, me and the Hawks. But I've decided, you know what? I'm almost 50 years old. Let's let's turn over a new leaf. Maybe I could support a team from Miami for once. Are you going to support the Dolphins? No, but the Heat are a prime candidate. Look, that's a fun team. It is I'm a like, fun team. And the reason I was it took me back in because they, they got the uh, the Miami Vice throwback Heat jerseys. That, I was uh, going to say that you were, you you were reminded of those days in the Dotson uh, in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, driving yeah. to those early heat games. Driving to the arena to watch Bimbo <laughs> Coles and Harold Miner light it up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Baby it, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, I, hadn't heard, I hadn't heard the reference to Baby Jordan in years. Yeah, Ronnie Sykley was the Ronnie center Sykley. on that team. They, they couldn't glory, be beat. Baby. Guts and glory, Ronnie Sykley. Yeah. <laughs> Syracuse. Why do you like the heat, though? Just because they're winning? I mean, look, here's the thing. So when I was a kid, <laughs> so – Around the time when Charlie was with the Knicks and, and Ewing and Oakley, I love those teams. I just love the way they played. I liked them mugging other teams every week, every game. was I just loved it. I loved the way they played. And so that was my team for a long time. Well, man, I, I can't watch the Knicks. It's like the Orioles. I've kind of given up on it. So I haven't had an NBA team in a while. And this Heat team is good. And my buddy Les was like, hey, man, you need to jump on board. And here I am. I'm a Heat fan, Corey. I'm going to get a jersey. Uh, Not a Miami Vice. Harold Miner jersey? We got to get back to FSU football before oh, okay. it turns the radio off. But let me let me just say this really quickly: you can root, root for the Orioles again. They're not playing terribly for you right now. They're not terrible. No, you're right. You're right. You're they're right. only like a half game behind the Yankees. You they guys, might make the playoffs. Yeah, but the Yankees stink. Yeah, no, they do. Beautiful, which is beautiful. Hey, DJ play. Stewart, DJ Stewart, a former Noel, has hit a home yeah. run in like four straight games. Yeah, he, he had a monster awesome. home run last night. Uh, what you ought to, what you ought to do is stop wavering as fans and be true to your teams instead of being a holes that just pick different teams that are winning. <laughs> Again, that's Ira. I, I'm I'm true to my teams. Ira just goes around the country, <laughs> picking what teams he wants to root for. Which college team are you rooting for this year, Ira? You pulling for uh, Oklahoma State or you got? Yeah, you're a big Gundy fan, right? <laughs> I like what I've seen out of Oklahoma the last couple of years. I think. Uh, All right, I like. Come on, board. The, Come on, board. and they're they're actually playing. Did you, how much of the college football up to this point have you guys watched? I've watched almost every second of every game, even the ass kickings. You didn't watched, watch that Navy game. I didn't watch the second half. I watched the first couple drives of the Navy BYU game, and then I—that's I, it. That's literally like all I've watched. I haven't watched any of the other games. Why that would you a, not watch the other games, Corey? You love football. What's your problem? I don't. None of those teams matter to me, and I'm still haven't co- totally convinced myself that it's happening. So I just felt like I'm not going to waste my time. I just—I I, don't—I yeah, it's not going to do anything for me to watch uh, Central Arkansas and. Austin P or whoever that, they played. That Navy game was a good little uh, controlled experiment for any coach that was wondering, hey, does it matter if we ever tackle or hit in practice? 
Does it really matter? Could we? Apparently it does. I thought criminal charges should have been filed against that staff. They put their kids in harm's way. That was humiliating. On every single play, you watched a bunch of kids look like a bunch of a-holes representing the Navy. That's a pitiful, pitiful. Yeah. To that some Mormons. Horrible. Yeah. And, like, the, the quarterback, should the quarterback's the one. I mean, he had no chance to do anything. Those guys were just busting through his offensive line like they weren't there. The whole game, the whole, well, I say that. The three drives that I watched. <laughs> yeah, I assume it didn't get any better. No, so it didn't. the three drives you watched produced 21 to nothing, and you'd seen enough. Yeah, that was a wrap. I didn't need to see any more. I was so watching, I, I think I was watching Iris Heat. Seminole Headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the hour, some little headlines before we get to headliner questions, of which there are plenty. Uh, we were asked this question, Corey, you missed out on the warchant.com report, right? You know, you, you'll be on one, I'm sure, later they'll invite you. But Cross I, my fingers. I, yeah, Ira and I did one with Gene yesterday, and uh, I don't want to give it away because uh, it'll be up on the website and all that good stuff. But uh, the, the, one of the big, big topics, one of the big questions at the end was, about how important this game this season is for Mike Norvell. And I want you to have a chance to weigh in on it since Ira and I already have, and you guys can see that answer on the uh, warchant.com report on warchant.com. But, but how important in particular is this game? Yeah. Important. Um, But I believe in him enough and maybe I'm dumb. I've I've bought, I bought what he's selling. I'm drinking the flavor aid. Not Kool-Aid, folks, for you historians out there that want to know about Jonestown. It wasn't actually Kool-Aid. Um, that, uh, that I don't – even if they lose this game, I believe in what he's doing. And I think they're going to be a much better program at the end of this year and at the end of next year um, with him at the helm. That said, for the, for the fan base as a whole – and even for the players on the sidelines to believe in what he's doing, they need to have a good showing. I don't need; they don't need to dominate. They need to go win a game so these players can feel good about uh, about this new staff and feel good about themselves for once having a winning record in September, which I don't believe they've had since they beat Ole Miss. Twenty sixteen. Ridiculous! Ridiculous! I think uh, I think I'm going to be a little more cautious though. I think in my first half tweeting this year. Then when uh, Kendall Browse came in that first half against Boise, because I, yeah. I got a little over my skis. I think a lot of people did, thinking that that first half was going to be indicative of anything we would see the rest of the season. And Unfortunately, uh, both halves were to some extent. Like yeah. moments, moments where the offense could move the ball seemingly effortlessly and then fall to pieces, followed up by nothing going right on defense, kids out of position, confused about what they're being asked to do, coaches who are clues to make adjustments in-game. It was all on display right there, that first game. <laughs> but we, uh, to Corey's point, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's more of a marathon than a sprint. This is something we're going to see how it plays out over time. But I do think, as we talked about in the War Chamber report, I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, however many games they play this season, we don't know if they're going to play all 11, maybe they'll play three, maybe they'll play nine, whatever it is. Just showing some proof that, that that they know what they're doing, that this is trending in the right direction, that they've gotten it right with this coaching staff, I think is a big deal. And it, it would be huge for them to win this game and look good. Um, it doesn't have to be a flawless game, or like Corey said, it doesn't have to be a blowout, but just look good, win a game you're supposed to win, you're favored by 12 points at home, you know, win this game and play good and play confidently. And I think that'll do wonders for recruits and it'll do wonders for boosters and season ticket holders because we don't know how long this season's going to go 
but they're going to need those people to invest in the program over these next eight, 10 months. Well, think of the last two games we saw this team. The Florida Ooh. debacle, which was over before they even arrived at the stadium, and then the Arizona State game, which was also, I guess you could term that a debacle. Um, for them to go from that in eight or nine months and then to and then to be a completely different product on Saturday to the point where they look competently coached, they play hard, although they played pretty hard in the Arizona State game, I thought. Yeah, Defensively, they it was they did. Um, offensively, it was a train wreck. But if they can, if they could, th- that would be the proof right there. Like, look what we look like. Look what I took over, and look what we are in one game. Imagine what I'm going to look like in two years. What this thing is going to look like in two years. That's what you sell to the high school coaches and parents and players. I think. So in that regard, it's a big game. But you know, again, I, 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 I guess I'm to the point where if they win it. It doesn't really change my thoughts on him as a coach or this staff. I think I, I think I think they're going to be good regardless. But don't you think you you all of us have a higher opinion of this staff right now than people outside do? The yeah, people but, but that don't follow the, the team. Does the does the do people's opinions matter? Well, when it I mean, comes they, after yeah. one game, I, I know you can say about the money, but I'm just saying I think he believes in what he's doing. And I, I think that to me, I don't think the guy that was here before him truly believed in what he was doing or had a vision or had a, a way to run a program. I, I think Norvell has has everything in place that he wants, uh, knows what he wants to do. And I don't think one game and the beginning in the right after a pan, or right in the middle of a pandemic w- will really affect his tenure. Like I think the Virginia Tech game did Taggart. Jeff, like I, not, you know what I mean? Jeff, he's not going to admit he's wrong. Would you please just tell him he's wrong? Please. No, I think (laughs) – here's what I think. On the one hand, when I take a a step back and I look at the big picture of Mike Ravel's time here and what that's going to look like and whether or not he's the right guy and all that, this game really doesn't matter all that much. You're not helping me. But but on the other hand, I do understand how important it is for him to gain some momentum – get kids to who have already bought in now some proof that 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 they were right to do so and then they'll further grow it'll expedite the growth that we think is going to happen one way or the other because the plan is in place but i would like the time frame by which it takes them to get back to being a meaningful college football team who's capable of maybe winning some big time games i'd like that expedited and winning a game like this certainly is a step forward in that direction. You ought not lose to a Georgia Tech team that is devoid uh, of talent. Not They're not talentless, but they don't have a lot of talent in that starting 22. It's year two for Jeff Collins, but, man, this is a huge rebuild. Florida State has better players. I think this is a very good staff. It would be bitterly disappointing to go lose this game. That said, admittedly, these are unforeseen circumstances in which you got three spring practices in total – Uh, You're installing a new offense and a new defense. Uh, You're coming off of years of futility. There's a lot that you have to unravel and get straightened out. So if they lost it, I wouldn't say, well, that's it. That's a wrap. They're screwed. But it would be a bad look, and it would be bitterly disappointing. So I guess, you know, like most things in life, it's not so cut and dry. It's a little bit of both. There you go. It's a little gray. I do think that, obviously, they need to get a win here just – to create some momentum and maybe expedite the process of turning this program around because nobody's got patience for what we've witnessed these last few years. This has been a train wreck. We've mentioned the sub 500 record. We mentioned that, you know, Florida state fans, if you think about it from that perspective, and I certainly can felt embarrassed before games even kicked off against teams with a winning record. Oftentimes, like I knew flying out to, to Illinois to go see Florida state, Notre Dame, 
staying the night before in Chicago before we loaded up that bus to drive to South Bend, which is a dump. And it's before we ever did that, I thought, boy, I'm doing all this not for the football. I'm doing this so I can see my friends, so I can party with fellow Knowles, so that I can say that I went to the game in South Bend. Because I sure as hell ain't going to see a game in which we're competitive. It's over before we start. That is a horrible place to be in when you're a fan. When you walk into a stadium and you know, well, this team's pretty good. We've got no chance. Who do you think? Remember Willie used to, he would take a walk around the field before the game and pregame. He would just, he'd come out like an hour before they started warming up or right when they started warming up, he would just take his little walk around the field. And I wonder if he was thinking, man, we're about to get our asses kicked. Like, like this is, this is, I mean, I'm getting. Can we keep it close? Yeah. Can we be in the game in the second quarter? Can we just, can the starters play in the fourth quarter? Hey, I, uh, yeah. com- completely changing topics real quick, but you're kind of talking about kick, being kicked in the testicles. Yeah. That's basically what the last three years have been like. That's correct. Brady, Brady got one. He played in a baseball tournament on Sunday and got a baseball right where you don't want to get a baseball. Woo! And he only wears a cup when he catches, which is dumb. He should wear it all yeah. the time. But he was batting. Lefty pitching. He's going to swing at it, but the ball keeps riding in. So as he's stepping to swing, oh, it okay. keeps coming at him. That's so enough. I think I think we got the picture. I don't think no, but no. So he's opened up and it gets him. And as soon as he hits, as soon as he hits him, he goes oh. And then he hop, he he doesn't go down. He starts jogging, to, like hopping to first, going, "I'm never, I'm never gonna have kids." He yells out really loud. <laughs> so all the moms just explode in laughter. And then I'm like, okay, we well, must not have gotten hit that hard. And then I go over because I was down the first baseline. I go over just to see if he's okay. And he is literally on a knee between first and second, tears streaming down his face. Oh, man. Like, so I think what happened was he didn't feel it. That, that delayed it, pain. That it was delayed the delayed pain. reaction. Yeah. And that was the first time he's ever really gotten it there. And it's a, it's a pain you can't explain until you felt it, right? It's a great so, moment, though. You got to witness the first of hopefully very few instances in which that reality is thrust upon a young man yeah it was funny at first and then he's like oh no this pain's not going away in fact it keeps coming and it's not slowing down waves of pain waves of pain yeah i mean women obviously i know we have women listeners to this show you will never know what that pain feels like yeah they're gonna bring up childbirth yeah no way come on childbirth is a breeze compared to getting hit in the that's obviously a joke ladies well on that note it's a perfect way to end the hour Sure. So it is that we do. Headliner questions up next. Stay tuned. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next.